welcome to another episode of Laying the Foundation. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Laying the Foundation. Uh, I'm here again with Brian. Hello. And today we are joined by David Broxius, one of our awesome, amazing uh, architects here at CMBA. And today the discussion topic we'll be going over is how to design a school that is safe, but not a prison. And this was actually something that David had brought up to me while we were at a school, I believe it was, for one of the uh, like career fairs, talking to students about architecture as a career and things like those lines. And you use that phrase, and I thought to myself, that would make a really interesting podcast episode. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. And so I'm super excited to talk about this because obviously it got me intrigued. So I, I think it'll be a great topic. Too. It should be. Yes. Absolutely. So, so David, what, uh, I mean, what do you want to use to, to really kick off this conversation? So first of all, I'd have to go with like what in your mind's eye of when probably when you were in school, what do you think of with a school? Describe to me your, your classroom or your school environment. Do you want me to go? Go for it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm older than both of you. So, um, <laughs> Let's see. The first uh, school that I went to was uh, in a small town, uh, not far from here, but uh, uh, typical hallways with classrooms off of those hallways. Um, the corridors and classrooms, method, yeah. if you will. Yes, the cells and bells, or some people cells call them bells. different things, but uh, mainly a door that had a window into the classroom. The rest was solid um, in the hallways, so you'd only see the door with, a, with some glass. But in the classrooms, there was some natural light because there was windows mm -hmm. to the exterior, but you never got to see what was happening outside of that classroom. So I would say, yeah, just individual rooms, hallways, um, paths to get to different areas was kind of what I remember growing up. Yeah. Uh, for a pretty decent majority of my K through 12 life, I was homeschooled. But outside of that, the short time that I was in like an actual physical school outside of that brick walls, you know, fences around kind of, I don't know, cheap playground equipment. More, more of the, you'd like the classroom environment though itself was more of the opaque experience that Brian was talking about yes. where you go into the room and you're in the room and then you leave the corridor into the corridor and you're somewhere else you really can't see right. what else is going on correct yes absolutely and then i think one other thing was that like the entire school like the shape of the building if you did like a full like go around of the perimeter it was a square i mean it was or a rectangle but it was i mean that was it yeah. there wasn't mm -hmm. any like Real jutting sections simple and straightforward it's yeah. very efficient right yeah, the, i suppose the so. hallway yeah. plan cost was effective. very yeah, yeah cost we built effective. that's right <laughs> So my, my follow-up question to this is now, I doubt either of you have been to prison, but in your mind's eye, what do you think of when you think of a prison? Well, I will say that I have been in a prison. Um, I was in actually the county jail here a few times because we've done some work there and um, very austere conditions, um, very little natural light inside, uh, hard walls, cells, obviously, um, but uh, it, was, it was really set up to to control, right? Um, making sure people didn't move very far. Uh, and if they were, they were very observed very quickly and, and controlled in that, that manner. So, um, very, uh, very controlled. And in terms of uh, opacity of the building, it's probably has a lot of similar themes to that yeah. elementary school discussion we'd had just few minutes ago were correct much smaller windows yes absolutely maybe a little bit of natural light but you couldn't actually see out the window mm -hmm. you could see the light but that was about it so yeah 
and jumping back those doors with the like little window in the top mm -hmm. of it and then that was it otherwise it was just so a solid door yep so solid steel visibility door. into and out of those rooms so. yes. correct Correct. See where we're really leading with this. Where yes. <laughs> is that? Is that truly the environment that you want to have for your school while designing it? And the quick answer is no. No. Obviously, there's the crux of this discussion. I think is the security. School security is one of the hot topics, mm -hmm. um, just due to all the school shootings and other events that they that do happen. So that is always forefront on the forefront of our minds while um, developing and designing schools. But there has to be at least a little bit of give and take here too to provide a um, a welcoming, friendly, inviting. And, and a creative learning environment to that. It all just can't be 100% focused on security. Because mm -hmm. then you'd have a prison. Yes, because then you'd have the, the ideal school <laughs> then would be yes, a, prison, a prison. And that's <laughs> not the, the end goal here. Exactly. So there's, I do at least want to start this discussion with security because that should be taken into account. But um, with prison, with prisons, there are like, you have the security at every single level and there should be a similar thought in schools to having layers of security mm -hmm. um, as you enter a prison or as you enter a school now most schools have a secure entry point uh, or at least during the day um, so that, like the bus drop off or whatever there might be multiple entry points to a school but during the school day itself there will almost always be a singular entry point by the main office where you enter a sandbox room if you will where you go in that room someone then buzzes you into the office and then someone buzzes you out of the office into the school proper so you have sort of two a man man trap if you will right. basically you have two so, different kind yeah. of fail safe points to prevent you from getting into the school and then other layers we put in have been once you're into the school from there different break points to segment the school so if someone does gain access to a portion of the school they're only in that portion mm -hmm. or they can be kept in that portion or there's at least barriers put in place, further barriers beyond that put in place for them to get through. Right, right. So it's the layers of security. There's not nearly as many as in a prison, but the prison is preventing people from going in and out. And for the school, we want to prevent people from at least from getting in. Right. We still need to provide the means for people to, to exit the building, especially in a shooting scenario, so they can get away safely. Right. Uh, another key element to that that Brian has already kind of mentioned is the limited visibility. Um, so one kind of thing that we're keeping in mind while developing kind of the entry sequence to our school is limiting the availability of what someone can see as they enter the building. Ideally, when you enter that office area, you can't really see much or any of the student environment uh, until you're truly inside the school. So kind of creating like a hard face there right. to anyone that's coming in. But we still want, we're still using glass at the in entrance to see to see who's coming so there's you always know who's coming up to the school and then it still provides like a friendly and kind of inviting environment but you come into the building and you know you can take a hard right and oh hey now you're in the classroom area right instead of being able to see from that main entrance everything that's going on in the guts of the building at that point in time okay i just realized i'm the only parent that has had kids in school oh, that's in the room yeah. right yeah. right so yeah. you have a young one you don't have any skylar so um <laughs> as a parent it it does give me um you know somewhat of a secure feeling that my kids are protected obviously with that that secure entry scenario um but i also as a parent i want to be i want to feel welcomed as I come up to the school yeah, too. Sure. So it's a balance there, I think. There's some some That's, amount of thought there. See that welcoming thing too, even from the parents' side, mm -hmm. if you're visiting a school much less than um, a student would, but if it's an intimidating environment, the environment we're trying to create for the school is that of 
kind of a joyful one where you want to go to school, you're excited to go to school, the, mm -hmm. the entry sequence to how you enter the building can bring a little bit of energy or vigor to hopefully have students start the day in a positive outlook there instead yeah. of trudging their way through the dark corridors into a prison. Right. So everything really starts at that main entrance for the opening of the of the building and we're kind of trying to carry that theme throughout of the visibility. Uh, so the, the big three schemes that we're trying to incorporate into the design for all of our schools in terms of these open kind of learning environments in lieu of having a closed prison style school, uh, we to create community within the school. We've already talked about that friendly environment mm -hmm. and creating a positive community is kind of one way to get students excited about going to school. Creating some more engaging learning areas instead of the kind of closed cell with a peephole out of it we've talked about. And then to increase collaboration and communication within those spaces. A lot of the current learning trends, not just the physical trends of the building, but the learning trends are collaborative learning, whether, whether it's students working in teams or classes working together or classes competing against each other, um, to bring some more of that energy and excitement into the learning environment, environment mm -hmm. to really engage students. I, I was just thinking as you're talking about that, I remember myself, but also my girls saying, hey, this is at the end of the school year, right? But mm -hmm. th they have a day where they go up, right? They go to that next class. Mm -hmm. And mainly because they haven't seen what happens in, let's say, third to fourth. They haven't oh, seen what happens sure. in fourth yeah. grade. So they put them in that environment. Well, we're introducing ways for students to truly see what happens now okay. in school. To get excited about what you're going to do. Right. Oh, like it might be, oh, we get to do that next year. Yeah. Like I vivid, and this is a, this is a weird one that I can vividly remember, but um, like in grade school, when you dissect the pig heart, like yeah. I, I really <laughs> yeah. remember that one. That's a hard for, one to forget for sure. Yes. yes. It's, and, but I mean, that's all you heard up until that point. Oh, yeah. It's just like hearsay and rumors of it and go, oh, it's kids whispering about it at the lunch table. <laughs> like right. what's going on there? Well, now you can see it. And some, yeah, I, that I probably chose the most gruesome one. You, could probably you did. Think you out of the did. Group, but, yes. Um, <laughs> I can smell the formaldehyde on yeah, your hands. The, the smell thing is a little different. I, we're thinking, we're talking about visibility. Right, right. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, but that was one that was like the, to be excited about that, to look forward to something. That, mm -hmm. That's all the themes that we're talking about here. And if you can see that, Right. That makes a big, like a big, big impact. But going back to kind of the community, so like our goal is to to take the pieces of the school and break them up into little miniaturized communities if we can. Mm -hmm. Typically, this is best done, like we talked about, by grade level. But um, like in high school learning environments, a little bit different than in grade schools. But one of the more common grade school kind of environments is taking the classrooms and breaking them off of the corridor and making kind of a, a shared pod with them. Depending on the size of the school, this kind of looks differently. I have two examples that... I have floor plans of today. Our Hartley example is like a true pod where there's each each grade level is broken out and then between the classrooms they have a shared classroom that's more set up for science and hands-on learning items but is still used as a traditional classroom mm -hmm. and then more of a commons learning core area where they can go together and all the classes at, at once can have a speaker come in, whether it's school resources officer talking about whatever, or my own favorite, my sister is that works for um, Iowa State Extension and does mm -hmm. the different ag seminar classes where she gets all the students together. And she likes sure. it when there's all the students at once because yeah. it's a quick, shorter day for her, but she can reach everybody at the same time. Right. And then she always yeah. brings fun things to play with. And it's just interesting to see all the kids interact together with baby chickens or whatever that she happens to bring in for, for school that day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but kind of creating those little pods, you can create identity too within those pods, whether it's with color or with sure. grade level and build up some student pride with that. 
And I know everybody has like the student pride for whatever your school mascot or sports right. might be, but this helps you build it at the grade level side mm-hmm. and brings in some responsibility for kind of kids taking over some of their their own learning and pride in what they're doing within their grade pod. Right. So I talked about how the pods are shaped, but oftentimes too, we're, we're not just breaking down how the corridors and the rooms are laid out. We're taking like the actual wall and kind of taking the lockers off that wall. Cause that's one other thing I think we really didn't describe is in all those school corridors where it's a long corridor with mm-hmm. classrooms on the side, there's the wall there and it's covered in lockers. Just lockers yep, typically, all the yes. way down. <laughs> yep. Usually too high. Yeah. Yep. So to take that away, to let people see into those rooms and we're finding more and more kind of creative ways to pull the lockers off that wall or have at least some of the, the lockers away from by the door entry, just so you can see in and you can, glimpse hey this class is doing that or Mm -hmm. even in your pod if you're rotating activities and it's the science classroom or like oh hey they're bringing in a chinchilla today for science class Mm -hmm. kids can peek in there and see it and get excited about it and be excited for whatever they're going to learn coming up in the day right on um there's also like a benefit on the administration side too of having that visibility in your classroom if you need to go grab a student for either specialized or specialized individual education or someone's in trouble you can go and you can see very quickly someone is in um, and grab a student mm-hmm. without having to open the door and more in, yeah. interrupt the classroom more by popping that door open and make it a little more noise because right. um, at that point like you're you become the focus of the room but if people see you walk up and you're standing there and you can wave and point to somebody right they're they're more used to ignoring you at that point in time and you might just be invisible and they're part of the day. Sure, sure. You're not like the warden that's bursting into the Correct. scene that's of right. the Correct. prison riot. The whistle, <laughs> whistle and all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like the other benefit to that too, if you're on the administration side, is staff engagement. There's not there's not a place for a teacher to necessarily hide there. You're performing um, in front of everyone as well. And then you also have the benefit too of, oh, I have a couple students that we need to run out and do this with whatever. Can you... You can visibly see into another classroom from there. You can help each other monitor. This tr- teacher has to run to the office for whatever reason. Um, the teacher across the corridor can see and monitor their class. And if they start throwing paper airplanes, she can <laughs> walk the across look. the hall and make sure that yeah, the people kind of straighten up a little bit and go back. So there's a behavioral aspect to it as well. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It really opens things up. I uh, I guess I got a retcon just a little bit. I was K through eighth homeschooled for the most part. Sorry, high school, I went to an gotcha. actual school and it was a very small school. So a lot of these ideas that you've mentioned about like kind of integrating a lot of the uh, space being used by different classes and the visibility mm-hmm. with different classes, even though they're not in the same grade as you, we shared a lot of activities, whether that be like some of the extracurricular stuff or, you know, band and uh, art classes and things along those lines, things that weren't super specific to uh, a specific grade level. And I can see mm-hmm. a lot of these ideas working absolutely phenomenally with, with this concept. Even with like the shared, um, I mean, the, the term we use most frequently here at CMBA is the Da Vinci Studio. Mm. The intent of that room is to take over um, at whatever grade level it happens to be, either art or science or some of the messier aspects to keep to keep that mess in that room right. where it's easier to clean um, instead of setting it out somewhere. And then you can at least gain the benefit too of you don't need to have a dedicated art room per se for that where the art teacher can go around to each of the da vinci da vinci studios and do 
um, their art activity with students in a different location instead of having a singular dedicated room that may or may not get used throughout the day, right. depending on the size of the school. And, sure. And potentially save some time for those students because yeah. they're not traversing you know, yes. from one end of the building right. to the other where these specials typically happen. Right. Because I've seen that, too. It's like they're they're on a half-mile trek sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're little legs. Get your steps in. Going back campuses. and forth. So, yeah. So. And part of that is just the challenge of, um, depending on the scale of the school that we're tasked to design, like there's going to be some of that redundancy built in mm -hmm. of scale. Just it's harder to fit more classrooms around this pod concept. And that kind of brings us a nice segue to our, our next school. I have the MOC Floyd Valley Elementary School. So this is a much larger school where it's about five or six times larger than the Hartley School that we started with. So this has a little bit more of a traditional format but we still kind of keep a lot of the open corridor or the open visible areas through the corridor there. Um, so this is the same entry feature the Hartley School had where it's the multiple stages of entry. Mm -hmm. And then we actually, with this one, separated our classroom corridor from the rest of the building. So there's another added layer of security um, that separates off the classroom pods or the classroom super pod, if you will, from the other. But to break up that long continuous corridor that we had previously described, um, we took this when we actually bent different angles of the building. And if you're in that corridor, you can kind of see a glimpse down that hall, but you can't see like this tunnel that long, just goes all, yeah. Long, so you can yeah. get like a little idea and it's kind of a fun kind of creative thought of going back to like the, like, oh, I can see what second grade's doing or I can see mm -hmm. what third grade's doing. But this still kind of blend, all the classrooms kind of blend in a little bit, but we have widened the corridors so they can fit little learning areas outside their classrooms. Um, a lot of the glazing still lines so they can help watch classrooms with each other. Mm -hmm. And then we even have a shared classroom that's centered on each pod where multiple classes can get together and have a movie event or a sure. whatever mm. it happens to be um, within their dedicated age group pod. Attention architecture professionals. Are you looking for an employment opportunity that will provide you with a wonderful work culture and a competitive pay rate? Look no further than CMBA Architects. Our firm offers flexible scheduling, a casual dress code, and a great work environment that will help you collaborate and create. Plus, who doesn't love having Fridays off? To learn more about our available positions, visit the careers page at cmbaarchitects.com and apply to join the CMBA team. Another feature of this school, um, because there's a slightly older students in this one, we did provide smaller breakout areas that are resource areas like Brian had mentioned for art. Oh, okay. Um, so a lot of the, one of the new trends that we're also working on or working to incorporate in all of our designs is trying to bring in adjacent spaces that are smaller classroom settings. Um, some of the students do need, whether it's additional help reading or additional help testing, but to provide like a quiet space that's close by. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, classrooms for that. So you don't have to walk the entire distance across the building for some of those things. You can, right. you can take the test at the same time as your peers and not arrive 20 minutes after because it takes you 10 minutes to walk to your room right. and 10 minutes to go back. You can be very close. Sure, um, yeah. In creating those smaller kind of breakout classrooms, we do have an eye on privacy. Um, there are certain spots where certain students that just do need that privacy, whether it's an in that enclosed smaller space either to help kind of calm down or kind of recenter themselves before having any sort of like emotional outburst or uh, even if you're doing... Um, like I mentioned the exam before, um, just more of a private sequestered area for some of that. There are those student needs that kind of, that can stand to benefit from that. 
we still like to at least try and maintain visibility on the corridor as well for other reasons, right. uh, for socially. Um, bullying is another often time, often described concept in, in schools. Right. Like if we're talking about the traditional school model where you have the solid walls and the door with just an aperture in it. Right. If I'm the teacher in the classroom, what's going on in the corridor? I don't know. I wouldn't know unless I can see it through that little window. Unless you can see the window or you have to go leave your classroom right, exactly. and then go see what's going on in the hall. Exactly, yeah. So another benefit of having the, the corridor opened or not the visibility to the corridor or other rooms opened to right. this is if, it's, if there is any bullying activity um, happening in the corridors, like you can you can see that right away and hopefully put an end to it before exactly. anything happens there. And that's part of the community building is... You're essentially kind of because everyone can see what you're doing. You're kind of forced to be likely. nice to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're or if a lot anything less likely does to happen, try you can, something. You can. They stop have all the facts. They can see yeah. it. If you know if something needs to be discussed afterwards, they're like, "Well, this is what we you know saw." This is what I saw. Or I came in at the end of it, and I don't know what I saw. You know, I heard this, and it was too late. Yes, exactly. But now you can now you can see something, or hopefully you can see it, and then obviously we'll still have the same modern amenities to school like cameras in the corridors to, to right. fill in those blank spots people can't see but um the goal is to at least kind of design this social area within the pod or within the school itself to um to really work through those things right which provide a better learning environment for everyone at that point so no one's getting bullied exactly which again comes back to that concept of you know this is a school not a prison at a prison Correct. we need you know cameras and we need all these other you know features in order to be able to see what everybody's doing at all times versus the fact that i know i can be seen is going to make me less likely to maybe do something i shouldn't be doing or something along those lines like yep. we discussed there's no there's no place to hide self-policing that's yeah. kind of what i was thinking. or self-police oh, that's yeah. a better that's probably more appropriate <laughs> term for it but there's, there's not a place to to hide out and do some of these illicit activities yes. at that point if you have visibility throughout the building. Exactly, exactly. So I think that was kind of our goal and with this with this school is that the corridor is always monitored and even on the opposite side of the corridor, there's still windows on the west side of the classroom pod that let teachers see into the other corridors in the building. So right. everyone's always providing that passive monitoring of the corridor space instead of not knowing what's going on out there at all. Exactly, exactly. Better to know than not to know. And I yep. think that's the key to it all, right? As the episode implies, you know, we're trying to create schools that are both conducive for learning mm -hmm. as well as being secure, but not being a prison, which a lot of older designs kind of almost imply or mimic or whatever the case, right? And yep. so, and that's, that's kind of the key to it all, right? We're trying to not only use science to develop how the students are learning and increase their learning, but pairing that with strategies and things along those lines that work both for that and to create a more secure environment that's not a prison. <laughs> yep. And then I have one more example I yeah. got to talk about today, but this is this is a high school, so it's different than the elementary schools. Yeah, very different. But you're you're just starting through everything in Middle school, you they, I think everyone is required to take kind of your broad base of classes, whether it's your family consumer sciences, your career technical education, um, science, math. But in high school, like everybody starts to lean towards their strengths and to specialize yes. just a little bit as those first steps of specialization. Uh, so this is a school that we designed with a lot of that in mind, especially the hands-on learning, uh, where we really wanted to put that hands-on learning on display. Okay. So we have the similar corridor concept to what we had at MOC school where a lot of the classrooms open onto a corridor 
but in this in this school concept we widened the corridor in the center of the school quite a bit to provide a lot of those breakout areas that we had in MOC but it was a they were all kind of conjoined but you still had the the corridor through there and it kind of creates this this kind of wacky space that's used for circulation but can be used for so many other things and if you think of like in high school like how many group projects do you have to do that's the first time where you have oh, to work yeah. as a group but this provides like group areas where you can be monitored by the teacher outside the classroom but they can still see what you're doing right um out there whatever whether it's practicing the presentation you're about to give to the class sure. or working on a group activity just to like stretch out the space that you need like your classroom might not be sufficient for People are using all the tables for oh, laying gosh. out larger art projects or something that might not work out. And the noise out. is, you know, throwing everybody yeah. off. If you've got like six different groups that are all working on yep. the same project, but, you know, in their own respective group and they're talking and it's almost impossible to hear over. And Exactly. So this gives like the maximum flexibility here. Or even if you're, if it's a highly specialized AP class, whether it's AP literature, you might only have four or five students taking that class. Sure. You can then use one of the smaller classrooms for that purpose in lieu of using an entire classroom that could right. see 25 for it. Well, that's not a classroom that's underutilized at that point. You're yes. using a small room for that purpose and you still get your, um, your typical classrooms are available for whatever, whatever other teaching is needed at that point. Right. That would require a full classroom. Larger space. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So on the, the north side of this plan, we have all of the, those truly specialized classrooms where it's the, um, science classrooms, so biology, general sciences, physics, chemistry. Uh, there's the fashion lab. And then on the main level, we have the art classroom, CTE, woods, and then the culinary arts. The culinary arts is a little bit hidden in this one, just with how much stuff appeared on the walls from kitchen equipment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But when you're in this school, if you're in the core of this building, you can see you can see lots of what's going on. And it's more of like a hide-and-seek or a peekaboo kind of method where as you walk through it you can see lots of what people are doing throughout the day sure and the goal is to try and bring a lot of those hands-on activities close to the core and the center of the building as we possibly could okay which is why we fit our core area there to try and like excite people to engage yeah. them because those are the, those are the most exciting classes you can have is you're working through something in the, the shop or you're using math in the, mm -hmm. um, the shop classroom to calculate the dimensions of your bench that you're creating yeah, and then yeah. you go into the shop through that and to create even that visibility into the classroom and then into that shop area like to try and yeah, excite absolutely. people about wanting to take those classes in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, that visual grab, which as someone in marketing, I know pretty well like yep. the concept behind that, you know. Um, that's like, Yeah, that's really exciting. Kind of wish they had a culinary back when I went to high school. That would have been awesome. <laughs> they I did easily... in my high school, but I didn't actually know where it was because I oh, couldn't no. see into the room. Because you so, couldn't see yeah. into the room. It's the perfect uh, example here. Get students excited about what, like you said, what they could get into, whether mm -hmm. that be next year or in the next couple of years or whatever the case. I mean, I know I would 100%, if not be distracted from whatever class I'm headed to, you know, be pretty excited about the possibility of going into something like that and having that visual to, mm -hmm. to get me excited about it. And this is more of like the, this is a truly combined concept where everything else we've talked about is at least broken up by grade level a little bit. And this is more, and I think in high school it lends itself to this a lot more, but everything is more of a homogenized learning environment where yeah. um, you're interacting with different grade level peers at the same time. And it's not just, everyone within your grade. It's right. everyone within the school, within the school at the same absolutely. time. Uh, so on the, the edges of this school are more of the 
we centered everything around the core here, like I talked about with the learning on display towards the centered towards the hands-on things. Right, right. Some more of the specialized learning things, such as the music and band room, are off to the side. But we did try and put some of those things just in little different tertiary areas or to provide at the edges of this building a little more of the privacy that's wanted as well. Right. Um, even in credit creating like the um, special, educa special education suite and PLC, we took visibility in mind too to provide some public areas and then some private areas for those students and those teachers as well. So the, the SPED pod itself, there is some visibility into a core commons area so you can see students working on, on things within that area. And then there's more privatized classrooms behind that that provide more of that more enclosed space for education sure. where, the, where more privacy is needed or more focus is needed by the occupants of that to, to focus on their studies. Okay. But they can still at least benefit from a similar learning environment to what they could get in the rest of the school because they might only be there for math class where they're struggling with math or, or if you're going to that that area for um, just help on your science or oh, yeah, science yeah. class where like you might only need... You might only need classwork help in one area of study, but the goal is to try and make that a familiar area and a welcoming area to all students that are participating in that. Yeah. And then the, the PLC is a new concept where it's a um, the learning center for teachers, essentially. So instead of having their office in their classroom, it's a right. centralized teacher's office. And in this school, the classes are immersive and they kind of flex around. The teachers also, like you don't have a dedicated classroom or not all of them have dedicated classroom unless you're a science teacher or the shop teacher, et cetera. Right, right. Um, Where you have those specialized spaces. But some of the non-specialized areas too, like you you get that desking spot there, but we provided a, a lounge oh, outside yeah, yeah. of that and some other classrooms where I have a free period and so does Skylar. Sure. Well, hey, we need to go meet with our teacher to talk about this project we're working on, and it's his office hours. Well, we're not going to his classroom because that class is being used by Spanish class now instead sure. of literature class. Well, we can go and meet at the PLC, and there's meeting rooms here, and there's privacy there. So if the oh, teachers okay. are working. They can work in their office area behind, behind that wall, but students can still meet them at the PLC and go. Um, there's a little lobby outside that just to to use as like an office hour or a meeting hour, a group project work with them, uh, or even if they're getting an individual instruction on like AP physics, that's that space can be used for that as well. Right. Uh, and does that also, that's the the sort of teacher spaces, does that also offer that kind of open visibility concept? Yep. Okay, perfect. Because I'm just so imagining just, myself in the example that you gave, like, oh, we got to go meet with that teacher to talk to him about whatever. And I'm like, oh, they're not in that classroom. Where are they? And you kind of like look around. Yeah. You so can see not, them. You're not. That's a very good point. And then yeah. you're not going. If you're looking for someone in the school, you're not interrupting classes, right, looking right. for them. You're. Um, you can go around. And you can quite easily see. Oh well, you know they're not in there. Yeah. We'll keep hunting for them after that. And in this case, they might be in the PLC. And even here, you can see um, into into that office for yeah. who might be there. Oh, or we can walk in, and someone can see you right away. There's no. There's no real hiding in the school. Yeah. It's more of an open environment as well. Right. Um, so with the size of like, with the scale of this building though, the super pod, I think one of the goals that we had is at least try to align some of the interior glazing with exterior glazing to try and bring more of the outside feel inside. Like this is, oh, yeah, this is yeah. a classroom where we had full ceiling or floor to ceiling windows. Oh, wow. So when we were doing windows in this one, they were big windows, Sure. but there's not very many in the building. So they're very intentionally put where they can also be seen from the corridor. So you get right. some of that daylighting experience inside especially with like our beefed up middle right. of the building. The goal is to try and get some elements of natural light 
in there where you, where you, you can see through some windows. It might be one or two windows to see through inside the building to then see some natural light or some green outside the building. Okay, yeah. Let in that natural feel and the yep. such to, which is conducive to the learning environment, to, yep. like we had talked about this a little bit before, but overall health of students to some extent. So mental health for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Yep, or it's defraying the, it's, you don't feel like you're in a prison then if exactly. you can see outside. So, yes, exactly. Like Brian exactly. said there's the, you get that feeling of openness. You're not truly confined in that space. Yes, So absolutely. One last thing I wanted to touch on was yeah. just visibility. So one thing that we're at least taking into account too, like we've talked a lot about visibility within the school, obviously security, going back to security again. Yes. Again, we're trying to be more intentional about um, what can be seen as you're seeing, as you're looking through the school as well, whether it's providing extra um, shades to be drawn on interior facing windows if there is an active shooter scenario or mm -hmm. what surface treatments are put on the glass so people in the public from the outside of the building cannot see in to right. see students working on things. Uh, the Hartley School example, they have a window covering that doesn't let anyone to see in. Right. It's just a printed graphic, but students can still see out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've it's seen printed those. just on one side, and it looks they have their school mascot on it. When you look out, there's it looks like there's a frit on the window, but otherwise you can't tell. It's right. really cool. Yeah. Um, Science. <laughs> I still don't know how it works. I watched a presentation on it. I still don't really get that one. Right. Um, but with the MLC Elementary School, we did something similar to that, but okay. a little bit different, where there's a tint and more of like a mirror finish on the window. Right. And that... You can still see in a little bit, but it's a lot harder to really figure out what's going on on the inside of that building. So if you were to dim the lights or draw the shades down, it would be almost impossible to see what's going on inside that building just sure. due to the actual tint on the glass itself. Um, and when you're on the inside of that building, uh, it's noticeable that there's a little bit of a tint on it, like right. you're sitting in your car. But you looking out, like out. it's you get, yep, you get, you can still see out. You gain all the benefits of being able to see out into nature. Um, and you still get some of the light that comes in through that glass, right. but it's the visibility of the of the tint on the outside that doesn't let you see in as right. a um, as a potential invader to that school. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like we said, it all comes back to just ways that we can integrate. And it's amazing how we we have these kind of ways to integrate that safety with that access to you know, like you said, seeing outside that benefit to the learning experience while still being safe. Yep. It's kind of mind blowing. It is. And it's the, I, like we talked about, like layers of security, there's yeah. layers of visibility and there's, it's almost a, a series of onions, if you will, of yeah, series school of design. Yes. But... <laughs> so many layers. That's fair. That's fair. Well, right on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being here and for giving us this rundown on, you know, this concept that you don't, we're not designing prisons. We're designing schools. Correct. Unless you are designing a prison, in which case, there you go. Yeah. But schools don't have to be the traditional box with hallways and doors that don't let you see anything. The cells and bells the or cells corridors and, bells. and classrooms model, which yes. sounds less frightening than cells and bells. But Corridors and classrooms sounds like a tabletop role-playing game, honestly. <laughs> I'll take your experience. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the case, uh, thank you again, David Brockshus, for, for being here and for, for giving us this amazing rundown on, on security and school and school design and the way that all of that kind of comes together but not in a, a prison-esque way, or it doesn't have to be. 
Yep. Thank so, you for having me, Skyler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you would like to see a little bit of the designs that we discussed or see some pictures from the, the buildings that we've designed that we discussed today, you can check out our website at cmbaarchitects.com. Uh, head on over to our K-12 uh, section with our projects there and you can kind of get a view of some of the, the amazing projects that we've worked on some of the amazing projects you've worked on specifically David and of course be sure to you know check out the rest of our website but of course you can also uh, listen to this podcast if you're wherever you're listening to it of course other places include Spotify iTunes Google Podcasts, and just about everywhere else that you can find podcasts in general and of course, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Once again, thank you, David, for being on. This has been Laying the Foundation. I'm Skylar. We'll see you guys all next time.